Welcome to Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler. I'm Kent Blanford. Each week, we'll bring you a sampling of some of the best Catholic podcasts being prepared and shared out there on the internet. We are now into the month of May, a Marian month, and so it's only appropriate that we take a look at the role of the women in our lives. First up, we have an offering from the podcast series Girlfriends, a podcast for Catholic women, a production of Ascension Press. In this episode, host Danielle Bean looks at nine ways to be more creative. Girlfriends, episode number 367, Nine Ways to Be More Creative. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about ways to be more creative. It's springtime, new life, creativity abounds. Let's get started on this topic. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Happy Easter. We can still say that Easter lasts for 50 days. So make sure you are continuing to celebrate. That's our duty as Christians. So as much as we were meant to embrace a penance and fasting lifestyle during the 40 days of Lent, we are meant to embrace a season of celebration for all 50 days of Easter. And I hope you're doing that. You know, we've talked before about how it's it's really great how Easter is such a long season because if there's stuff you didn't get to, stuff you wanted to do to celebrate Easter that you didn't quite get done on Easter Sunday or over that weekend or whatever in that first week, you can still do it. It's totally legit. So definitely, I want to know how you're continuing to celebrate Easter this year. But I want to talk about creativity today. This is a great topic. I love it because I do consider myself a creative person. But then we always have these kind of, I don't know, restrictions we put on ourselves. Like you'll hear somebody say, oh, I'm just not a creative person. And, you know, maybe they're an accountant or something like that. But there's creativity in all the work that we do, whether you're you know, creating a spreadsheet or you're painting a painting or you're writing a poem or, you know, singing beautiful music, like This is part of how we're built in the image and likeness of God, our creator. So we are meant to be creative. Human beings are meant to be creative. This is part of how we find joy in our lives. This is part of how we can give praise to God by using our creative gifts. So I want to talk about this a little bit just to encourage you to think about ways that you might consider being more creative in whatever state you're in in life right now, whether you're a mom with a bunch of little kids or you're in the workplace or you're a single person in college, I, you know, or a retired grandma of many. I hear from all of you all the time. I know all these different walks of life you're in, but I also know that God calls us to be creative wherever we are. So I want to talk about this. You know, Easter, springtime, it's such a beautiful kind of life-giving, fruitful time of year. And so I think it's a natural time to think about being more creative. And I came up with nine different ideas I want to share with you. And none of these are super genius ideas, but um, I want to kind of just get the juices flowing, get you thinking a little bit, maybe um, considering a little bit about some ways that you might work on being more creative in your everyday life. All right. So my first tip, my first idea that I want to share with you on uh, a way to be more creative is to rethink what you think is creative. Like I said, a spreadsheet can be creative. You know, um, so we all have these different ways of expressing ourselves. We have these different gifts and that is such a beautiful thing. And whatever talents, whatever gifts, strengths that God has given you, he means for you to use them 
in love and service to the people he places in your life, but also just to give him glory, to do beautiful things for God. So rethink what's creative because many times we think, well, I'm I'm not an actor or I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a poet or, you know, that's what we think is creative or somebody who's like, you know, creating these beautiful drawings or something. Of course, those are creative things. But um, besides that, you know, cooking, baking can be creative. Dance is creative. Of course, drawing of all different kinds, different kinds of artwork, different kinds of painting. How about home decor? This is one where I really see women shine. Like what a beautiful creative process it is to just embellish and decorate your home, even in simple ways and kind of create a feel and a comfort in your home to create this beautiful space for you and your family. That's a beautiful gift that many women have. And maybe it's one that you want to explore a little bit. Also, here's one that I don't have, but maybe I'd like to have it someday in the future. Knitting. Some women just create these beautiful things with knitting and crochet, and I'm astonished by it. I used to work with a woman who, during meetings, we'd have these Zoom calls, and she would be like knitting, like (laughs) just below her screen. She let me know that she was always creating something. I think that's fantastic. Also, things like photography you might like to explore. Things like makeup and hairstyles. Do you think about that as a creative thing? The woman who is my hairstylist, I've gone to her for years. It's so funny because I remember going to her way back when my son Rafe was a nursing infant. And I was like, I like this woman because she didn't mind that I brought him and that under the, you know, under the cape while she was doing my hair, I was nursing the baby. And I've stuck with her all these years. And she is so creative. She just has this real artistry about everything that she does. And she brings that to hair and makeup. And so that might be something that you enjoy doing as well. So just rethink what you think creative is. Because sometimes we think it's like, we think of like an artist with like, you know, a French beret on painting a painting in the park. And you're like, that's a creative person. I'm not that. But there's so many other ways. If you're creating something at all, whatever it is, that's creativity. So think about new ways um, that you might consider what's creative and consider yourself a more creative person. Okay, the second one is not just for writers, but it involves writing, is to try a free writing exercise. Have you ever done this? It really can be an amazing way to kind of find out what's going on in your own brain, because sometimes we kind of think ourselves in circles, and we think we know what's going on. We think we know what our perspective on the world is. We think we know what we're worried about. And yet maybe we're, we're really hyper-focused on one little part of a problem. I think a free writing exercise is really helpful because it gives you a space without rules. So this is, this is the whole point of a free writing exercise is that it's not for anything. You're never going to publish this thing. Nobody else is going to read it. This is for you. So you might do this in a, in a nice journal, but maybe that's going to kind of stop you if, if it's in a pages of a nice journal, right? Because you're like, I can't just write anything in here. It has to be great to be in this beautiful journal. I recently did this. I bought a journal for a, a new prayer exercise that I'm, I'm doing. And it, it involves like a step where you do a little bit of journaling each day. And I really had a hard time getting started with it. It was because I bought this beautiful journal. And I was like, oh, what I write in here has to be like publishable, amazing material. But no, it's about writing down what you're thinking. So like a free writing exercise, there are no rules about it. You can just sit down and write out all your ideas, write out your thoughts. If you can't think of anything, start writing out saying, I have no idea what to write. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, 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 you know. And this is a private document. So just Feel like you can pour it all out. What's on your mind? Maybe some prompts you might think about starting with are recently I'm struggling with and then just start writing, right? Or if I had more time in my day, I would use it to 
what, right? Or this week, I am thankful for, and just start writing. Um, Or I feel fulfilled when, I really wish what, and get a feel for where you're at that way. I think this is, you know, this is not just for writers, it's for anybody to really just kind of turn on your brain a little bit in a way that, because I think sometimes we filter our thoughts, like we kind of think I shouldn't think that or, and this is good. It's good to be in control of your thoughts, right? Not to allow yourself to spiral into negativity, but at the same time, you don't want to restrict yourself so much that you don't even know what's going on in your own brain and your own heart and your own soul. So giving yourself this space where there are no rules, you can write whatever you want. No one's ever going to see it. You can burn it when you're done. It's just a very freeing thing. And it's a good way to kind of open up your mind and allow yourself to think what you need to think and feel what you need to feel and really begin to get a grasp on that. And and you might be surprised. Um, I found this a really helpful exercise to do, especially if you're feeling stuck or you feel like you're thinking in circles or you're hyper-focused on one single problem or something that's causing you anxiety and you you feel that need to kind of break free from that. So doing a free writing exercise can be a great way to do that. All right, number three, I want to suggest that you take a course of some kind, a creative course. There are so many. There are all these like online different, you know, collections of courses. You can just go to YouTube and you can get a bunch of stuff just for free. Like how to what? Like what do you want to do? Whether it's for cooking or it's for painting. Uh, I think I've shared with you before that my family and I during the winter months, we do painting nights. And this is this was kind of born out of desperation a couple of years ago when we were like, oh my goodness, we're going stir crazy, you know, cabin fever, the end of the winter just seems to be dragging and dragging and dragging. And so this was kind of a a fun idea we came up with where I went out to like Michael's and I got a bunch of acrylic paints, brushes, a bunch of canvases, which was not much money at all. And then went on YouTube and I found like this very basic painting tutorial And there are a million of them. Like there are so many. And there are people on Instagram that this is all they do is like these painting tutorials. So there's a ton out there. So we all kind of watched the same one together. And then we painted the the painting. And, you know, this is kind of like a take on those art classes that you can do where it's like wine and canvas or something. These are really popular where you'll go to this place and you and your girlfriends or a group of people will just, you know, they'll take you through the the artist in charge will take you through step by step creating this painting. And it's it's really a fun process. It's a way to discover like the the joy of creating something like a painting. Uh, many people are surprised by like, oh, I can actually do this a little bit. Like it's kind of fun. And when we did it together, I was really surprised and I loved seeing all the different takes on the same image. Like each one had its own kind of personality to it, each person. So we did like a sunset scene. One time we did a cat and it was so great because these cats had personality and I I loved it. So doing something like that, whether it's with a group of people or you're going to just explore it on your own can be a ton of fun. Something that came from me doing those courses was... I just kind of took up painting a little bit as a little bit of a hobby. And now I, I do some that aren't, you know, scripted, like with, with a tutorial like that. During the time when I was in recovery from my knee surgery, and I wasn't working for a little bit there, and I just had time and then I didn't have a lot of energy, I just decided to take on this project of kind of recreating just from an image um, in Our Lady of Guadalupe, a kind of version of it. And I had a ton of fun doing that. And I learned a lot just by exploring. And like I said, when when there aren't rules, when you don't feel like I have a deadline and this needs to be perfect for this project or whatever, 
it really opens up a different part of your brain. And I think we're, we're really built for that. And it's a way that we find joy. And it's a way that we can really connect with God. I found that to be a really fun, kind of prayerful experience for me, working on that image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. But, you know, you could find a course in cooking or dancing or you name it. What is the thing that you even are maybe too embarrassed to say you might like to learn? Look it up on YouTube. Get started with it. And um, just really enjoy that process of, of learning something new, of um, maybe going further with a skill that you already have or something that you enjoy. So do it and doing it in a kind of formal way kind of gives you direction. It kind of gives you a little accountability if you're working your way through step by step, whether it's through a YouTube or through an actual course. But I think considering taking an actual course in something can be a way to really motivate you to be more creative in your everyday life. All right, the fourth thing I want to mention is to plan your thinking for while you are moving, while you are exercising. This has been scientifically shown to be true that when you are physically moving, the juices get flowing in your brain and you're able to think more creatively. Some ideas will come to you. If you are like a runner or something, you might realize this. I know I've realized this through the years. Like if I just go out on a run, sometimes when I'm really thinking about something or uh, worried about something or whatever, I'll just go and I won't even you know take music with me or anything and just allow myself to think while I'm exercising, while I'm running, or while you go for a walk, or while you're lifting weights or whatever. But make that your your kind of thinking time and see if that doesn't open up some new new avenues for creativity in your mind. You might think of a different way of doing something. You might think of a different solution to a problem that you've been thinking of. But exercising regularly also helps you to be more creative, but also just planning to use that time for your thinking time. I, I think it's it's actually a really helpful thing for me because sometimes when we're tempted to be worried about something, we've talked about this before here on the podcast, where you might be tempted to worry about something and uh I had shared the advice of set aside time to worry, like give yourself five minutes and say, I'm allowed to worry for these five minutes. And then that's it. I'm done for the day. Maybe you need 10. I don't know. But kind of having a time set aside, like I'm going to think about this during that time, I think is really helpful. And it doesn't have to be necessarily something you're worried about. It can be you want an idea for a book you want to write or an idea for some new project that you're working on at work or something. So plan your thinking time for while you're exercising. Plan that to be like your inspiration time because, you know, lying on the couch, scrolling through Netflix, it's it's not likely to hit you then. It's just, that's not... (laughs) You're not open to the creative flow in, in that moment, right? So anyway, also another tip for being more creative is to change up your surroundings. I have found this so many times that when I go on vacation, go on a trip, all of a sudden I have all these ideas, especially for things that I want to write. When I'm in a new location, meeting new people, it just opens your mind to possibilities. And, and so you might find that this is something that helps you too. When you see new things, when you taste new things, when you smell new things, hear new things, have new experiences, you're exposing yourself to an entirely different point of view. And that can really expand your brain and open you up to a greater sense of creativity. So not just going to different places, but immersing yourself in different cultures. Maybe that's going to mean 
you know, going out with a friend that you don't know very well, something as simple as that, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to mean you take a a vacation (laughs) to Europe or whatever. Although that's great. If you can do that, I definitely recommend (laughs) doing that one. But even just going into a city that you haven't fully explored before and, you know, going to a kind of restaurant you don't normally go or going to an art museum um, and, and looking at different kinds of art that you maybe don't aren't all that familiar with or um, trying new foods and that kind of thing. Like all of these new and fresh experiences open you up to creativity. So you'll just might find yourself becoming, feeling more open to creativity, having more ideas that can lead to greater creativity by looking for ways of changing your surroundings. So it can be as simple as taking a walk in in a part of your local community where you don't usually hang out, Or it could be, you know, as big as like taking an actual trip somewhere or, you know, just exploring being with other people and experiencing new things. Changing up your surroundings can really be helpful for that. All right. Sixth tip for being more creative in your everyday life is to get in touch with your inner child. Children are so creative, aren't they? They don't let anything hold them back. They want to draw a picture. They want to paint a painting. It's the best drawing. It's the best painting. They want to write a poem. It's the best poem. They want to share it all with you. They want to make and do and try all the things. And they don't have that kind of self-limiting thought process that so many of us suffer from, right? Like where we feel insecure. We're worried that it's not going to turn out the way we want it to. And we talk ourselves out of trying anything for that reason. Children don't have that. They're really naturally creative because they just don't know any limits. Like they, it's a beautiful gift to approach the world in that way. So they're willing to go in any direction. They're willing to try any new thing. They don't hold back. So in some ways, we can try to channel that mentality, kind of taking a, a different direction with our work, maybe taking some risks with our work. Think about a child who just you know, takes off running. I remember when my kids were little and I would just watch them when they were playing, when they were out in the yard, like they would just like run in a field and that is all they were doing. And they were fully loving it, you know, and they were just, they just know how to have fun with whatever it is that they're doing. So try to channel some of that. If you're feeling stuck with a particular thing that you're working on, or if you're just wanting to like open yourself up to being more creative, you need to be willing to take some risks. You need to let go of that kind of self-consciousness that holds us back sometimes, that worry that it's not going to be perfect. Well, no, it's not about the end project. It's about enjoying the experience of doing it. This is something that with our painting nights, I really, certain members of our family, I really had to kind of talk through it more because they were like, I'm not good at this. I'm not going to do this. This is embarrassing. It's like, it's about the process. Like you're supposed to enjoy the process. It's, you know, if you never want to like frame this thing and put it on your wall, that doesn't matter. Like enjoy working with paint and seeing what you can do. But that can apply to any kind of creative project that you might be taking on. Enjoy working with words, enjoy writing, enjoy working with music, maybe in playing a new instrument. Finding out what you can do without putting those limits on yourself ahead of time is such a freeing and beautiful life-giving exercise. It's part of what God wants for you. He wants you to have that kind of freedom. You know, Jesus was always telling us that we need to become childlike to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, this is part of being childlike. This is part of that beautiful perspective that a child has on the world, open to anything, ready to try it all, ready to have fun in the process and not worried about end results, not worried about judgments, not worried about perfection of what's going to turn out at the end of this. So, 
focus your energy in like all that you're doing. You know, if you're going to begin a new kind of creative project or process, allow yourself, give yourself permission to fully focus on it for, you know, whatever amount of time you want to devote to it. But do be childlike in that way. So kind of channel your inner child. Remember some time in your childhood where you did some creative thing, whether it was finger painting or, you know, skipping down the street or playing a game, like where you fully were immersed in it and just enjoying it. Try to remember what that was like and find a way to experience that through your creative process, even as a grown up. All right, next tip I have for you for being more creative is if you're involved in in work, creative work of any kind, incorporate breaks in your day. And I find this is so helpful. We've talked about different ways of taking breaks here on the podcast before. Um, There are some methods that kind of recommend working for 20 minutes, taking a break for five minutes, you know, going back to working for 20 minutes. Um, And there's there's science that kind of backs those things up. But you, you could find a method that works for you. But whatever method works for you, you need to have breaks built into your day. This really helps you to kind of lose that kind of horrible kind of draining exhaustion that comes from just, you know, slogging through and being focused on whatever it is, whether it's folding laundry for three hours straight or writing emails for three hours straight or, you know, cleaning in your kitchen or whatever. Incorporate breaks that kind of break up what you're focused on. This really kind of in- encourages your your mind to kind of be a little more a little more fluid and and the break is just what your your body and your brain needs and by break I don't mean you you need to go and put your feet up or whatever but just change what you're doing allow yourself to change what you're doing uh, something that I've kind of done off and on through the years as I've been uh, you know an at-home mom and a, a working at home mom is I would try to break up my day with different tasks that were like mental tasks and physical tasks. Some of the physical tasks of motherhood, you're just never going to get away from. So you're just always going to be doing them when they need to be done. But, you know, like, for example, if I was working on a work project that was very, you know, focused on a computer, whether it's a writing project or, you know, working through something like that, I would do that for a set amount of time, but then break it up with something like folding laundry or you know, chopping vegetables for dinner or something very physical. And I found that that kind of pattern of going back and forth between those two things allows you to kind of approach each a little bit more fresh when you come back to it. Um, especially the the kind of creative process of writing I have found is really helpful when I break it up in that way. So incorporating breaks, kind of building it into your routine. You might think like, oh, I want to write a novel. I'm going to dedicate eight hours today to writing my novel. Well, that's a good plan, but you're not going to sit and write for eight hours. You know, incorporate breaks into what you're planning to do, whether it's, you know, taking a break for lunch, connecting with your kids or your husband or just taking those breaks allows your mind to kind of remove yourself from the task. But you know what? It's still working on it in the background. (laughs) This is what I've discovered. And sometimes these solutions to things, whether it's, it's a creative problem that you're working with or some other problem that you're working with, when you allow yourself to focus on something else, that's how you get unstuck on whatever it is that you're working on. So give yourself the chance to do that by having breaks in your day. All right. Second to last one, the eighth way I want to encourage you to be more creative is to hang out with creative people. You know creative people. You've got creative people in your life. Maybe you don't have many of your own ideas about ways to be creative, but maybe you've got a friend that you consider super creative. Maybe you want to hang out with that person. And I mean, you could, of course, ask them for what they would recommend that you might try for being more creative. But just I have found talking with creative people and talking with people, especially about the things they're passionate about. 
whatever kind of work they're doing, whatever kind of creative process they're involved in, if they are loving it, it just inspires me and it can inspire you to hear them talk about it. And it may not be that you want to do that exact thing that they're working on or that kind of work that they're working with, but it kind of opens up your mind to that being more open and to recognize the joy that comes from creativity. And really, I think creative people, again, everyone is creative, really benefit from being around each other, sharing ideas, sharing thoughts, talking about what you're working on, talking about what you enjoy, you know, sharing new ideas or new ways of approaching things, asking each other's questions. So have some creative people in your life, people that you really admire their kind of their their creative spirit. See if you can't spend a little more time with them or have a conversation with them or take somebody to lunch and just hang out with them and and see if that some of that doesn't rub off on you a little bit if you're just feeling blah and kind of dulled in your creative life. All right, number nine, the last way I want you to consider being more creative is to listen to music while you work. This is something that I know for, for me anyway, like I have always felt like I can't listen to music with lyrics, especially if I'm writing, like, forget it. Like, (laughs) I can't do that. But there's so many other options for different kinds of music. And music really has a way of setting a tone. Um, So if you're not already listening to music in your day, maybe experiment with using it at different times of your day, times when you want to be more creative. Just having it playing in the background while you're working on something or thinking about something can really be a way of kind of setting a tone. And it opens you up to a different way of looking at things, a different perspective on things. I kind of go through phases with this. There was one point this past winter where I had this playlist, which was called like cozy winter jazz or something like that. And I would play it in the mornings and it kind of set a tone for whatever I was working on, for even my interactions with my family while that was playing in the kitchen, if I was like working on, you know, cleaning up in the kitchen or whatever. Just experiment with different ways that music can affect your mood and find out what kinds of music you enjoy. There is science behind this that certain kinds of music can help you to focus and you can find this like you can find these lists, these playlists on Spotify that are like your study focus playlist or your calming playlist or, you know, whatever. Experiment with some of those and see if some of them might not work for you for whatever your goals are. But some kinds of music can help you to kind of tune out distractions or noises in your home or um, in your workplace. So look for different kinds of music and ways that you might use them in whatever creative process that you're involved in. Just experiment with that a little bit. All right, those are my nine ideas for ways to consider being more creative. But I want to hear your creative ideas for ways to be more creative. I know you have some. So let me know what works for you. What has gotten you out of a rut in your thinking? What has opened your mind to new things? What creative thing have you tried recently that you have loved or been surprised to really enjoy Let me know what's going on with you creatively, because remember, we are made in the image and likeness of God, who is our creator. We are meant to create. If you've got ideas you want to share with me, I would love to hear them. You can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is always in the show notes over at ascensionpress.com. Okay, we've got more of the show coming up for you in just a minute here. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz. I am the host of the Catechism in a Year podcast. If you've been following along with us, you know that God's plan for us is a plan of sheer goodness, that he wants to bring us into a relationship with him. You know that already. 
One of the ways that God actually brings us into this relationship and keeps us, sustains us in this relationship is through the sacraments. Again, you might know that already. You might further know that so many of us miss out on the beauty and the power of the sacraments. But Ascension has an answer to this. Ascension has created two new programs. One is called Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation. The second is Received, Your Journey Towards First Holy Communion. We know that our youth, they're our future. And yet at the same time, it's so hard oftentimes to reach them with this incredible news of God's love for them in reconciliation, God's love for them in the Eucharist. If you want to check out Ascension's new program, Renewed, Your Journey Towards First Reconciliation, and Received, Your Journey Towards First Communion, go to ascensionpress.com and sign up for a free preview. All right, welcome back. We're at the point in the show where I like to share some listener feedback or a listener question with you. And I recently heard from Hannah who wrote to me, Dear Danielle, my husband and I are expecting our first child in July. We are really struggling with whether or not I should be a stay-at-home mom or a working mom. We know that financially we will most likely be fine if I were to be a stay-at-home mom, but my husband would have to pay for insurance out of his paycheck and decrease the amount of money he's adding to his retirement. And we worry about being able to pay for Catholic school in the future, which is a major goal of ours for our children. Lately, we've been discerning the possibility of my husband switching careers to work for a Catholic organization, which most likely would come with a pay cut, if that's what God is calling us to do. I also struggle with the idea of what life would look like after leaving the workplace and being a stay-at-home mom once the kids are off at school. Unfortunately, with the kind of work I'm in, it's not so easy to just jump right back in. I don't want to find my identity or my worth in work, but I also want to do what is best for my family. Is there any advice or tools or books that you would point me to? We know how important it is to pray and discern, so please say some prayers for us as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to read, and please let me know if you have other questions for me. Looking forward to your response, Hannah. Okay, first of all, I just want to know, I took out some some of the details that, uh, some of the nitty-gritty details that Hannah shared there, um, just to be able to share the the general idea of the kind of question that she was asking. And I just want to say, Hannah, first of all, good for you for thinking about this and taking it so seriously. It is an important decision. It's an important decision for your family and one that you shouldn't take lightly. So I'm I'm very happy that you are taking this seriously and that you're you're asking about this and looking for resources. So just a few thoughts I would share with you. Of course, I cannot tell you what to do, right? <laughs> I can't. You need to decide. But uh, first, I want to say you haven't even had the baby yet, right? So however you think right now you're going to be feeling about caring for your baby or work or what that kind of dynamic would look like, you are likely to feel differently after the baby is born. There are so many factors that you don't even know that you don't know about. There are so many different things. And of course, everyone's experience is unique to them. But there are so many things that just come with having a baby and becoming a mom. And I just really want you to give yourself the space to fully embrace that and and see what that is like for you. See what kinds um, what, what kinds of conflicts might come into your heart if you consider going back to work after the baby's born or what those circumstances would look like. And, you know, so you don't know what you don't know right now. So that's what I want to say is that you you haven't had the baby yet. You're, you're not sure, but I just want to encourage you to know however you think you're feeling and whatever might look good on paper or whatever, maybe you're going to feel differently after the baby's born. Also, there are all kinds of factors. Maybe, you know, your baby's going to have special needs or, you know, there are all these things in family life that we don't know to plan for because we don't know they're coming, you know, they're coming down the pike, Um, different kinds of things that your, your family will experience together that would be factors in considering whether or not you should continue to work. So 
Anyway, I just want to encourage you to know that, first of all, it's okay <laughs> to just recognize that you don't know right now exactly what will be best. Also, I, I would say if, if you can afford to stay home, and you know, that's such a tricky thing to say, because what does that mean? It means different things to different people. Some people are like, we can't afford to stay home because we can't afford to be putting X dollars into our retirement fund if we, you know, if I do. Like, you know, and then other people are like, we can pay our bills each month with this one salary so I can afford to be home. Like, you know, I I think working through that and people are different about that. People have different approaches to that. God does call on us to trust in him and to trust in his providence. But that doesn't mean we we don't use our own minds and, you know, consider reasonably our own circumstances and our own opportunities to kind of make these decisions. But if in your minds you feel that you can afford for you to stay home. And if you were my daughter, I would suggest you do it. I would suggest you do it for a year and see where you're at, you know, um, because I think really embracing the, you know, you're this point where you're just becoming a mom for the first time, giving yourself the space to do that, uh, I think is so important. And to be able to spend that time not feeling pulled in multiple directions, I think, uh, I don't know if, if I mentioned it in the part that I read, but your work that would require you to, it's not remote work, it would require you to be out of your home. So that's like, that's a different factor. You know, it's definitely a different thing to consider. I, I know that you wouldn't regret making the choice to decide to do that. And just childcare for a tiny infant is just not ideal. And I mean, of course, there are, there are lovely ways that it can be done. But I, I can tell you that when when I first was a mom, I, my oldest daughter, she was born at a time when my husband was finishing graduate school and I was working full time. And I went back to work at eight weeks and she was with either my husband or my mom every time that I had to be away at work. And that was so incredibly hard for me. I look back on that as one of the hardest times in my life. I felt so conflicted. Of course, you've got all these hormones and other issues and, you know, physical issues of, you know, new motherhood in the first place and just adjusting to that. And so I would just say that was a really difficult time for me. That doesn't mean that it necessarily would be for you and that it is for everybody. But I would just say if if you can possibly you know, wrap your brains around the way that you could make that work financially, you wouldn't regret doing it just to give yourself that space. And third, I would just say, you know, place your trust in God. You, know, you say that, you, you know, you're praying and you're discerning and that is all good, but make sure that in your prayers, you are focused on trusting in God, telling God you trust in him, trusting in his goodness, trusting in his great desire to provide for you and your family, perhaps in ways that you have no idea about right now. You never would have thought, right? This is how life works. I can tell you so many times, thousands of times throughout our family life, I was like, uh, okay, really, God? Like, this is the next thing? This is how you're going to provide for us? Okay, you know? Um, and life works that way. God works that way. So, you know, work on that kind of growing in your trust in God and in His providence. And then also, I'm going to encourage you lastly to just pray for peace in, in whatever decision you and your husband make. Like ask God to help you to make the decision that's going to bring you peace. And I would I would say have that be your guiding your guiding principle. Like you want peace because when we're doing God's will, that's one of the gifts that we enjoy as benefit of following what God wants us to do is a profound sense of peace. 
that doesn't mean everything is perfect. That doesn't mean you're not going to have issues or problems or, you know, struggles in your life. But that sense of peace in knowing that you're doing what God wants you to be doing is such a beautiful gift. And it can really be a helpful guide toward like, you know, I don't have peace about this decision we've made. Well, then that might not be what God is calling you to do. So just really encourage you to focus on praying for peace and know that I'm going to be praying for you. So everyone, I want to encourage you to join me in praying for Hannah in this discernment process for her and her husband as they're beginning their family together, that they they will make the decision that God wants them to make, the decision that is best, that is right for their family, and that they will have that sense of peace that's a gift from God as a result of it. And let's pray for all young families. You know, it's very much on my heart and on my mind because my kids are beginning their own families. And I just see that and I, and I can remember so clearly some of my own personal struggles, some of our struggles together in our marriage and as a family early on. It's not for wimps, people. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, but it's very hard. It's a difficult thing. And, you know, God bless these young families that are are looking to do it in, in the best way possible in, in seeking God's will as they make these kinds of decisions together. So let's hold all of these young families in prayer, especially in this coming week. All right, that's all the time I have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. Thanks for being part of the Girlfriends community. Thank you for all the ways you participate here, participate over at girlfriendscommunity.com and, you know, share your your thoughts on social media or sending me emails. I'm so grateful for all of it. I'm so grateful for the community that we have built around this podcast. And I don't take it for granted. You are such a gift. The fact that you are here listening, you are part of this show today. I'm so grateful for it. So thanks so much for being here. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa... Play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Chief among all the roles that women play in our lives is that of mother. In our next offering from Do Something Beautiful, a podcast by Leah Darrow, host Leah Darrow shares a most personal story about recovery and finding hope after losing a child through miscarriage. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Do Something Beautiful Monday Motivation. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I am I am back, friends. And I'm just going to put this out there right now, call it what you will, a warning, a trigger warning, whatever. But I'm going to talk about something today that happened about three weeks ago in my personal life that could be difficult for women who have experienced any type of infertility or women who've experienced any type of miscarriage or child loss. So um, if you're just not ready to approach that topic, go ahead and just click on to the next one and uh, just know of my love and prayers for you. So if you're still around, um, I wanted to spend a little bit of extra time on this Monday motivation 
Um, it'll be, it's possibly this one could go a little bit longer than, than what I ideally like to reach, which is just something a little bit under five minutes of just some, you know, truth and motivation to help you going in the week. Um, and I do believe I have that for you, but I'd like to lay out the story of kind of how this came to be. So three weeks ago, and you can, you can follow along if this is new to you on my uh, social media accounts. Um, Instagram in particular has a lot of information there if you would like to see a little bit more of the detail behind some of this. But three weeks ago, um, I suffered a miscarriage. Uh, I was um, really excited to uh, tell you all. And I wanted to tell you all first, everybody here on the podcast, because you're just so amazing. And I love hearing from you. I wanted to share the news with you all and, and let you know we were expecting our seventh baby and um, that we're pregnant with our seventh baby. And and I was, I was pregnant with my seventh baby and uh, I had my seventh baby, just not the way I thought. Um, and uh, we had kind of kept this news under our hat for a couple months or so, a little bit over a few months. And um, it was actually, I was giving a talk uh, in Oklahoma at the Oklahoma Catholic Women's Conference in about, I haven't even told anybody this story, um, about, uh, gosh, I'd say seven minutes before my talk, I just kind of was like, I think I need to go to the bathroom. Went to the bathroom. I was making probably the conference people nervous because I had left the front row and gone off. I was the next one in line to speak. But I got into the bathroom and I noticed that I had begun bleeding. And uh, I have never had any problems before this with any of my other pregnancies. And I would, it alarmed me quite a bit. And, um, I went straight to the organizers of the conference who are incredibly kind, <laughs> so good to me. And I told them and they were able to get me some things to take care of myself. And they were so good. They were like, what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? You know, they were absolutely willing to just put me on a plane and go home right there to pray with me, to do whatever. And, um, really, really good friends. Well, that's, that, that's a good friend who's willing to not just look at what they need in this situation, but actually looking at you and your current crisis and asking you how they can serve you. Um, I told him I didn't know. So I, I went back, I went back to the bathroom really quickly. I said, just give me to stall, just give me another, like, you know, five, 10 minutes or so. And I began just um, to be honest with you, I went to the bathroom and I just prayed. <laughs> And, uh, I just, all the fear, of course, of like, what is going on? I, I pray that this is not a miscarriage. I pray that I'm not losing my baby. I don't know if like, maybe it's something else. Maybe I have something else going on. I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, and I don't know why, but I'm just telling you, I'm telling you what happened. I wish there was like more understanding in the story, but all I kept hearing in my heart was all for the kingdom, just all for the kingdom. And I was just like, oh, Lord, I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to continue. I'm going to give my talk for the kingdom. I'm going to pray for this baby. And I pray that you let me allow me to keep this baby for the kingdom. And if I lose this baby, then it's all for the kingdom. And uh, and that's what I did. I went, I, went, I went on stage and God gave me an amazing amount of courage and grace and composure and I delivered my talk. I delivered the message that the Lord had asked me to give, which is about ultimately mercy and changing our life for the better. And I came off the stage. I went back to my hotel room right then and there and uh, changed. 
And the, um, the conference ladies met me at the door and gave me a huge hug with tears in their eyes. And they just said, let us know what's going on. I promised them I would, I went home. And then the next day, uh, I went, ended up, um, talking to my medical professionals and they advised me to go straight to the ER. And I'm going to spare you the details of that because it's um, not pleasant, but I went to the ER and um, had a pretty, pretty horrific experience. I had amazing care from all of the medical professionals, but uh, I was miscarrying my baby. I was losing my baby and the process was something out of a movie. And um my life ended up becoming in danger during that process in the emergency room. And I was wheeled immediately to emergency surgery to the OR um, where they were able to take care of me, honestly save my life. Uh, but my baby, my baby was gone. And um, so you're thinking, why is this Monday motivation, Leah? This is, this is like a Monday downer. But here's the thing. Motivation is something that we all need to encounter from time to time because life is life and there's suffering and there's death and there's loss and there's frustrations and there's challenges. There's all these things that we all have going on in your life. You right now, I know, I know you're dealing with a cross. I know you're dealing with something that feels insurmountable. It feels like you can't do it alone. And it feels that way because that is the reality. We're not meant to do it alone. And during this process of this miscarriage, this, this deep suffering and this new wound that I, that I now carry, something really, really beautiful happened. It's that whole saying, right? Where we're, we're, we're told time and time again, that we, we don't need to do things. We just need to be, we don't need to do things for the Lord. We need to be with the Lord. And if, I mean, suffering is an, it's an amazing walk in the journey of just to be, because there's nothing I could do. I can't, I can't do anything to change this. I had no control over my baby dying in me. It's so all I had to do was just to be. So all I had to do, and when, we, when we're in that state of being, it's really a state of receiving. If we're really going to be, then we're going to receive. And so I received the hurt. I received the loss. I also received prayers from so many people, strangers who reached out to me and told me they loved me, strangers who loved me, strangers who said that they too had a miscarriage, strangers who said, I just, you know, I am dealing with infertility and I'm praying for you too. Strangers with their own deep crosses reached out to me thousands and prayed. And I don't know, my friends, that was very motivating. And it's hard. It's hard to obviously share this story right now with you, but you know, you know me, what else are we going to do, but be honest with one another? And sometimes motivation comes in a lot of different packages. Sometimes it comes through tears. Sometimes it comes from jumping up and down and just feeling like everything's amazing and you can just do it all. Sometimes motivation is just that little bit of truth that someone will speak to you. So whatever you're going through, right? Whatever cross you got, it might just be the case where God's asking you to be. And to be, that means we have to just, I mean, we have to receive we have to receive, you know, the love and the words of kindness from others. I've also learned in this that you have to receive the intention sometimes versus the action of people. There were some words 
that some very well-intended people said to me that, oh, it's so hurtful. Oh, so hurtful. And they didn't mean it. And so I decided I won't receive their words, but I will receive their intention. I will receive their intention of love and of support, their intention of community and of kindness. I will receive that. And it really, really changed the game for me when I was able to receive the intention of people, even though what they ended up giving wasn't very helpful. I know that in their heart, they were trying to be helpful. And I know that I've been on the, I've been on the other side of that. I've been, I've tried to be helpful and I probably said something that's just been so not helpful and Lord, forgive me. Everybody, please forgive me. If I have done that to you, I do ask for your, for your forgiveness, but I also just want to thank you for being an amazing community here on the do something beautiful podcast. Thank you also for your prayers and concern. Thank you for listening to this Monday motivation, this Monday motivation that's a little bit more honest than maybe we want to experience on a Monday. But what else are we going to do, friends, but be honest? So that's your motivation. You know, my motivation is that whatever crash you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, there's nothing maybe sometimes to do, but there's definitely a lot to be and receive. And I pray that you can receive what the Lord wants to give you to heal you and to restore you. We're all in that same boat. We all have a cross that we're carrying and we should be very kind to one another. All right. God love you. God bless. We'll talk to you later. And I would be remiss were I not to include a prayer to our Blessed Mother. This last offering on today's sampler from the Our Catholic Prayers podcast delves into the Memorare, a prayer for help from our Blessed Mother. Hi, this is Chris Castagnoli for OurCatholicPrayers.com. Do you ever feel like you could use some help approaching God in your prayers? The Memorare is a prayer that reminds us that we have a wonderful advocate and protector in the Mother of our Lord, the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our prayers to her, we honor and worship her Son, who is more than happy to listen to his mother's pleas on our behalf. The Memorare invites us to ask the Blessed Mother for her assistance and her grace, especially when we feel most troubled in our daily lives. The prayer itself follows. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. The actual author of the Memorare is unknown. It has been traditionally attributed to the abbot St. Bernard of Clairvaux from the 12th century. This is possibly because it was championed by another Bernard, the French priest Claude Bernard, who used it extensively in his ministry to the poor and to prisoners, including some quite hardened criminals, in the 17th century. Claude Bernard credited reciting the Memorare with curing him of a serious illness, 
He had some 200,000 copies of the prayer printed up and distributed in leaflets in various languages during his lifetime. This was no small feat in the era before desktop publishing or the internet. Church teaching holds that Mary is the mother of the church and our mother as well, in the order of grace, that is to say, spiritually, as we read in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. CCC number 969. Upon her assumption into heaven, God chose her to be the treasurer, the administrator, and the dispenser of all his graces, so that all his graces and gifts pass through her hands. This, according to St. Louis de Montfort, the celebrated 18th century French priest best known as a champion of devotion to Mary. Mary's wonderful role in assisting in our salvation has been praised by many saints and church fathers alike over the centuries. St. Lawrence Justinian summed up the feelings of many of them when he once referred to the Blessed Mother as, as he put it, the ladder of paradise, the gate of heaven, the most true mediatrix between God and man. Do you have a particular problem you feel you can't share with our Creator? Or perhaps you think He's too busy? He's never too busy to hear a sincere request for His aid and guidance. Indeed, He's never too busy for any of us, period. Still, we are always welcome to ask His Mother to help us. In fact, this delights our Lord. As de Montfort once put it, by asking Mary to approach him for us, we are practicing humility, something which always gladdens the heart of God. St. Francis de Sales once wrote in this regard that, as he put it, God so loves humility that he instantly hastens to the soul in which he sees it. Keep in mind again, and this is very important, that when we pray to Mary, we also pray through her to her divine son, Jesus and she is happy to pray for us and to intercede with him on our behalf. You've probably asked a friend or colleague to pray for you sometimes. Why not ask the Blessed Mother as well? After all, in the Hail Mary, we ask for her to pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. As long as we approach her with a sincere desire to do God's will and to make amends for our sins, we can ask for her help with confidence. And after all, does it ever hurt to get on the good side of a loved one's mother? When our Lord said to St. John when he was on the cross, Behold thy mother! This taken from John chapter 19, verse 27. His mother became ours as well, as mentioned earlier. Don't be afraid to ask our Blessed Mother, Mary, for her assistance or to show her your love by praying the Memorare, the Rosary, or many other fine prayers and devotions to her. This is Chris Castagnoli for OurCatholicPrayers.com. That's Our Catholic Prayers, one word, no spaces. Thank you for listening, and God bless. And that's all the time we have for Catholic Radio Indy's Lunchtime Podcast Sampler for today. You can find this show in podcast form at catholicradioindy.org, along with links to more of the programs we've shared. I'm Kent Blanford, and until next time, may God bless.
Did you miss something in this show or just want to hear it again? Podcasts of this and all our other great local programs are available 24-7 at catholicradioindy.org.